Thank you, Shepard, for getting us started with that passage this morning. It's good to be with all of you today, both here and online. I saw Zach and Julie yesterday at the park, and I told Julie, she said, I'll see you tomorrow. I said, well, I guess through the glass. I said, I'll, I'll tell you hi. So hi, Julie. Nice to see you out there. And all the rest of you who are joining us online, it's great to have you with us. Well, the question I have for you to think about this morning is, what should we think about the lost? What should we think about the lost? About those who don't believe in Jesus? What should we think about those who really have no consideration of God or Jesus or the Word of God? Or those who might even ridicule us who believe in Jesus or even oppose us? What should we think about these people? Well, these are the lost whom Jesus describes in this parable, or these two parables that Shepherd read for us from Luke 15. And that's going to be my passage for today. So if you'd like to follow along, you can open your Bible there. I'm going to be referring to Luke 15 often. These are people, the lost, that are they're not following Jesus. They're lost. John 3.36 says, He who believes in the Son has everlasting life, and he who does not believe the Son shall not see life, but the wrath of God abides on him. They're not saved. They don't believe. And the Bible describes them as lost. They remain under the wrath of God's justice. So, what should we think about them? And I don't know if you think about the lost often or if they come to mind or what that question brings to mind to you. But that's where I want us to think. And we're going to, to answer that question, we're going to go to probably an obvious place, but we're going to look at what does Jesus think about the lost? So, if we're followers of Jesus... A great question would be, well, how does he think about the lost? How does he respond to them? What does he do about them? Well, and if you, if you read through the Gospels, I think you'll get a very quick answer to that question. And probably maybe the overwhelming idea that you're going to get about the lost is that Jesus loves the lost. That would be my subheading for today. Jesus loves the lost. You're going to find that all throughout the Gospels as you read through. He loves the lost. He seeks the lost. And we saw that from these parables that Shepherd read for us. It's interesting to me in those parables, even his approach to the lost. They're like one of his lost sheep or lost coin. Or even the next parable after that is about, um, it's about the lost son even a lost child, someone that belongs to him, that has been lost. That's how he views the lost. Someone that belongs to him that has been lost. Someone that should be in his possession or in his household. And it reminds me of 2 Peter 3, verse 9, that says, The Lord is not slow to fulfill his promise, as some count slowness, but is patient toward you, not wishing that any should perish, but that all should come to repentance. 
The Lord does not desire that any person should perish or be lost, but that they should come to repentance. Jesus seeks every lost person in the world. I want you to think about that for a moment. Every lost person, Jesus is seeking them. That's the story that we get from these parables. He is seeking that person. They're valuable to him. And we see that like a lost coin. Excuse me. Like a lost coin that the woman was looking for. Or maybe you could relate if you've ever lost your wallet or your purse and you kind of look high and low for it until you find it. That's how valuable the lost are to Jesus. He leaves the 99. This is an interesting thought and concept to think about. Who are the 99? Well, the one, they're, they're the ones that aren't lost. They're the ones that have already found Jesus. They're already in the fold. And the parable says that he leaves the 99 to go out looking for that one lost sheep. It isn't that he doesn't care about the 99. He does care about the 99. But they're already his. They have value. But also, he shows us the tremendous value that he places on those people who don't know him. And Jesus is criticized for this. We see it in several places through Scripture. He's criticized for hanging out with Matthew, if you remember that story, where he calls Matthew a tax collector to become one of his followers. He says, come follow me, and Matthew does. And that evening, Matthew throws a big party at his house and invites all his friends, fellow tax collectors, and they come... And, of course, the Pharisees look at that and they're critical of Jesus. What are you doing hanging out with these people? These tax collectors and sinners. And this is Jesus' response. Those who are well have no need of a physician, but those who are sick, go and learn what this means. I desire mercy and not sacrifice, for I came not to call the righteous, but sinners. He knew where he needed to be. Jesus knew. He was clear where he needed to be. The lost are a high priority for him. They need Jesus the most, and he cares about them tremendously. In Matthew 9, 36, a little further down, it says, When he saw the crowds, he had compassion for them because they were harassed and helpless like sheep without a shepherd we see very clearly that Jesus loves the lost. Jesus searches diligently. We see this coming through in this, these parables once again. I, remember, I do remember losing my wallet, I think once or twice. And it's not a great feeling to like, where did I put that? And I remember just searching high and low, looking in places, looking in places three or four times. Like, it's got to be here somewhere. This is where I usually put it. And I've heard stories of people that have lost things like wedding rings, somehow get in the trash and get put out in the trash and get taken off to the landfill. And I've, there are stories of people, quite a few actually, people who have gone, their whole family goes out to that, that place where they dump all the trash, the landfill, and look and look and look and look. And many have found 
what they're looking for after going through bags and bags of trash. This is how Jesus searches for the lost. It's an interesting thing for me to think about. He's looking for the lost sheep in the day and night, in the forest, off the sides of the cliffs, in dangerous terrain, in the rain, snow, sleet, whatever it is you can picture, that's the kind of picture we have of this shepherd going out and looking for this lost sheep. He's searching until he finds it. He's persistent. He doesn't give up. And of course, this doesn't mean that Jesus doesn't know where they're at. It just means that he is relentlessly pursuing the lost out there. Relentless. They can ignore him, but he's pursuing them. And if we think about ourselves, I think about myself, he came for us. He came for all of, all of the people in creation, right? He didn't have to come. He left glory, the glory of heaven, entered this world, became a human like us, suffered and died on the cross so that we might find him. Now I think that's a significant pursuit of the lost, don't you? This is persistence. This is love. And then we also see that he, not only does he pursue them, he hangs out with them. I already talked about the party with Matthew. But he hangs out with the lost people. And the reason these parables are even talked about is because at the beginning of of the chapter, um, Luke 15, it talks about the same thing. The Pharisees and the scribes, the religious leaders were critical of Jesus hanging out with these people. What are you doing hanging out with these people? In fact, Jesus puts it this way in regards to the criticism that's directed towards him. He heard the criticism, obviously, and he addresses it here himself. He says, look at him. He's talking about himself. A glutton and a drunkard. A friend of tax collectors and sinners. He's acknowledging this is what they say about me. He was known and criticized as a friend of sinners. Have you been criticized as a friend of sinners? Jesus was. He hung out with them. He was at Matthew's party with all of Matthew's friends. And the interesting thing to me, too, is that they hung out with him. It looks to me like he was an easy guy to hang out with. They hung out with him. Why do you think that is? Why do you think they hung out with him? I think that they were comfortable with him. I think they knew that he loved them. I think they knew that he wasn't going to judge them. And sometimes I think that's what the lost feel from followers of Jesus or people in the church. They feel judged. It reminds me of that prayer that the Pharisee prayed. You remember the comparison between the Pharisee And the sinner, their differences in prayers. And the Pharisee says, God, I thank you that I'm not like other men, extortioners, unjust, adulterers, and even this tax collector. That was kind of the attitude often of religious people. 
But Jesus clarifies in John 3 why he came. He did not come, he says, for God did not send his son into the world to condemn the world, but in order that the world would be saved through him. That's why Jesus came, not to condemn, but to save. And in John 10.10, he says, I have come that they may have life and have it abundantly. I am the good shepherd. The good shepherd lays down his life for the sheep. And if you remember the woman that was caught in adultery and what Jesus' response was to her. He says, where are those that condemn you? After he called them out, he said, any of you that have never sinned, you throw the first stone. And one by one they left. And Jesus says, where are they? Where are the ones that condemned you? And she said, they're all gone. And he says, neither do I condemn you. Go and sin no more. Jesus was approachable. He loved the lost, and I believe the lost knew that. And if we look at his brief three-year ministry, we see that he came in contact with all kinds of people. All kinds of lost people. He was out there. He was out there looking for them. Moving from place to place, looking for the lost. And they hung out with him. Verse 1 of chapter 15 of Luke that Shepherd read for us says, Now the tax collectors and sinners were all drawing near to hear him. What a beautiful picture. And after the Sermon on the Mount in Matthew 7, it says, And when Jesus finished these sayings, the crowds were astonished at his teaching, for he was teaching them as one who had authority and not as their scribes. They were astonished at his teaching. They were drawn to him. Of course, not all of them. Some, many turned away, but many were drawn to him, drawn to his teaching. He's the living word of God. It is no wonder that the crowds marveled at his teaching. He alone has the words of life, as Peter spoke so eloquently. He drew sinners to himself because he spoke the very words of God, and I think the lost knew deep down in their hearts that he had the power and authority that like no other person had that they had met. And so he hung out with them. He seeks them. He hangs out with them. And then, finally, Jesus rejoices when the lost are found. I love the picture that we have of what Jesus does when he finds the lost sheep. Um, If you saw the slide that I used online for kind of a picture or a setting for this sermon. It's the picture of a shepherd who has a a sheep around his shoulder walking through very rough terrain. What a fantastic image if we think of Jesus seeking the lost. And when he finds that sheep, he lays it on his shoulders rejoicing. It's a picture of intimacy. It's a picture of closeness of compassion. And this is the relationship that Jesus desires with every person in the world. He desires this kind of relationship, this kind of intimacy. He leaves the 99 to find one more lost person who is just as important to him. And it is how each of us who have been found are treated by the Son of God. It's how he treats each one of us. He puts us around his shoulders, and carries us home. 
It reminds me of Isaiah 40. <clears throat> Isaiah 40, verse 11. It says, He will tend his flock like a shepherd. He will gather the lambs in his arms. He will carry them in his bosom and gently lead those that are with young. What a beautiful picture of how what God's heart is towards us. And it reminds us, of course, of Psalm 23. The Lord is my shepherd. I shall not want. He makes me to lie down in green pastures. He leads me beside still waters. He restores my soul. This is God's heart towards us and towards all people. He deeply desires to rescue us from this dangerous world and lead us to green pastures and quiet waters. That is God's heart for us. And he rejoices. He rejoices. This is my favorite part of the story. When the lost are found. It describes a great party that the shepherd has with his friends when he finds his sheep, the woman when she, when she finds her coin. They call all their friends and family together and have a great celebration. They have a party. And we see a similar party in the parable of the lost son in the same chapter. What grace and mercy are poured out on that lost son who was found. If we read that passage, verse 22 through 24. When the lost son comes home, the father says, Bring quickly the best robe. Put it on him. Put a ring on his hand and shoes on his feet. And bring the fatted calf and kill it. And let us eat and celebrate. For this my son was dead and is alive again. He was lost and is found. And they begin to celebrate. Think about it. This is why Jesus came, right? This is why he came. This is the plan that has been carefully worked out ever since the beginning of time when mankind fell. It's God's plan, and I think the culmination of God's plan in many ways, the pinnacle of God's purpose and intention is that the lost might be restored into a right relationship with God once again, the way that he intended it to be. And yes, there are more celebrations to come that we're looking forward to, but this is a significant celebration every time a lost sheep is found. It's a fantastic time. And if we go through these parables, parables here, the one of the lost sheep, he says, just so I tell you, there will be more joy in heaven over one sinner who repents than over the 99 righteous persons who need no repentance. This is the kind of celebration that happens when the lost are found. The lost coin, verse 10, just so I tell you, there is joy before the angels in, of God over one sinner who repents. And then the lost son, and this is Jesus, this is the response to the older brother, the father's response to the older brother who was angry and jealous about the celebration for his brother. And this is what it says. The father says to the older son, he said to him, son, you are always with me and all that is mine is yours. But it is fitting to celebrate and be glad. For this your brother was dead and is alive. He was lost and is found. 
I don't know that any of us really understand the significance of the lost being found. It is truly a fitting time to celebrate and be glad. So, back to my original question. What should we think about the lost? I probably don't need to lay it out for you this morning. I think it's pretty clear from the example that Jesus gives us. We've been left with the same priority that Jesus had. He told us, go and make disciples. Those are the instructions that he left us with. Be my witnesses all over the globe. Jesus still loves the lost, and he shows that primarily that's going to happen through you and I, who are his followers, the church. He's going to show his love and share that message through us. And so we should love the lost, shouldn't we? Just like Jesus. We should seek them out, not to condemn, but to save. We should go where they are, meet them on their turf, and not necessarily expect them to just come knocking on our door. We should diligently seek them until they're found. And it reminds me of Paul's words in 1 Corinthians. He says, For though I am free from all, I have made myself a servant to all, that I might win more of them. And then later down he says, I have become all things to all people, that by all means I might save some. I do it all for the sake of the gospel that I may share with them in its blessings. What a beautiful picture. Paul gets it. To share with other people who don't know, to share with them the blessings of Jesus, of the gospel. It will take diligence in love to find the lost who are seeking the shepherd. And it doesn't all depend on us. It's not like this is all laid on our shoulders as some heavy weight, that somehow we're going to win people and we need to do it in the perfect way. No, we know that it's not all dependent upon us. We know that the Holy Spirit is that work convicting people's hearts and drawing them to himself. But it does take us being faithful and being like Jesus and following him in this way. It will take diligence in love. But we are the ambassadors of Christ, aren't we? Carrying his love to all people. It's why we're here. To leave the 99, and I think a lot of that probably means to leave some of our place of comfort, to step out in faith and be willing to seek the lost who need to be found. We should hang out with those who don't know Jesus. That's what Jesus did. And yes, we need to be a disciple. We need to be immersed in the word. We need to seek God through prayer. We've been talking about these things. We need to connect with the church, the body of Christ and fellowship. And then we need to get out there and hang out with those who don't know the good news about Jesus. I was thinking when Chris was talking this morning about this opportunity, and maybe you're one of those who are like, I don't have a lot of people necessarily that I know who I could share with. What a great opportunity um, to share life with a young person. Just waiting for someone to step up 
and spend some time with them. I think it's an example of seeking, of stepping out. So thanks, Chris, for sharing that opportunity with us this morning. We should be known as friends of sinners. And we're probably going to take some flack for that sometimes, too, by some pious people who don't necessarily understand what we're doing. But we should be known as friends of sinners like Jesus was. To be someone that the lost can respect and actually want to hang out with. I'm not talking about compromising our faith in any way. But those people should know that we love them and we do not condemn them. Sometimes it's much easier just to hold people away with our own self-righteousness and say, you know what, like, I, don't, I don't agree with what you're doing, I don't like what you're doing, I think it's terrible, and to just, this is our attitude towards people who are lost. And that is totally opposite of Jesus' attitude towards the lost people. He hung out with them, he sought them, he loved them. So love the lost, search for them until you find them, hang out with them, share Jesus with them, and then rejoice. When they come to know and believe in Jesus, when they're found, rejoice, call the whole church together and have a party. I still remember the baptism that we had a year ago um, at the creek, Uh, Anna and Maggie and Daekun and young me. Jim, Jerry, Lonnie, Zoe. What a wonderful celebration on the side of the creek to see people who have known Jesus for some years, but also people who just came to know Jesus to affirm their faith in Him. This is one of the best times of celebration for the church body, and I think we all should be there for those celebrations because it's a time to celebrate. It's a time to have... Great joy in what God is doing in drawing people to himself. I saw a post um, a few weeks ago by David Perkins, who used to attend here. And he was just talking about his baptism, I think it's eight years ago, when he was baptized. And how, he said, I didn't really know a lot about what I was doing back then. I just knew I was stepping out to follow Jesus. And he said, I'm still growing and still learning what that looks like. But he was just celebrating that momentous time of taking that step of faith to say, I'm going to follow Jesus. I'm going to give him my life. I'm going to follow him. What a thing to celebrate with each other. And it just makes me think, I was thinking this week, just back on different times where I have seen people come to the Lord. And I can't think of any more exciting times in my life. I remember a community youth Bible study that we had years ago, and several, several of those students came to know Jesus. And I know there's a couple of them yet, Amanda and Katie, that are still following Jesus faithfully. I've lost track of some of the other ones. But what an exciting thing to, to see, to see God do in people's lives. I remember Corey and Amber Enderby. Some of you might remember them from years back, I think 15 years ago, um, from a Bible study in our, in our neighborhood and came to know Jesus, both of them, and are still faithfully following him. I think of Kelly Ward 
and Benny Bozeman, who Benny passed away just last year. What a fantastic celebration to see people come to know Jesus. So it's been just a, it's been a great week for me in that way of just thinking. And it's a good time for each of us to think about those people in our lives that we have seen come to know Jesus and to see how he changes our lives. He changes their lives. And what a wonderful thing to be a part of. I can't think of anything better to be a part of. And I believe we have great opportunities. We have great opportunities. Doris and I are excited right now with some opportunities we have in our neighborhood. People that are looking for Jesus that we've had contact with and have a chance to just be a part of that journey. It's, it's a privilege to be a part of that journey with people. And so there's a lot of opportunity. We've met a lot of opportunity, a lot of people in our neighborhood this year that um, I keep thinking, is this going to be another person that God is drawing to himself, that we get a chance to be a part of that process? And so I'm looking forward to many more celebrations as well as we continue to see people find Jesus. What a fantastic thing. And I think the challenge for us as a church is to love the lost like Jesus loved them. To be diligent in seeking them. To be looking, always looking for ways to share the gospel with people. Of course, we do it in a way that's respectful of people, but to always be looking. Who is that person that God wants me to share the good news with, that Jesus is looking for, that he wants to be found? And so the challenge for us is to take those opportunities and to look diligently for them. And I want to close with this scripture from Luke chapter 10, verse 2. And then Keith is going to come up and lead us in prayer centered on this, on this verse. And this is Jesus speaking. He said to them, The harvest is plentiful, but the laborers are few. Therefore, pray earnestly to the Lord of the harvest, to send out laborers into his harvest. So we're going to pray that way.